When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to NFL Live. We will get you ready for the week four slate of games, the remainder of those throughout this show today. But we begin with a scary moment from the beginning of week four from last night with Tua Tungavailoa's injury, where officially now ruled as head and neck injuries. He was released from the hospital after visiting the local hospital there, then flew back home with the team last night. And the Dolphins said shortly after halftime that he was conscious, also had movement in all of his extremities. Initial tests showed no structure damage and another source confirmed to ESPN that Tua will have an MRI continue to wear a neck brace as a precaution. Here's more from Mike McDaniel today. I think that his teammates or me, I'm not sure who was most excited to see him um, on the plane um, and he was he was at his you know he, he was honest about the fact that he had he had a headache um, but he was his personality was was definitely normal to a I get the optics I get exactly what it looks like I, I understand all of this and I understand people's concern but the one thing that I'm that I can exude with a hundred percent conviction is that every person in this building um, had a hundred percent the the correct process diligence I don't think I'll ever be comfortable. Um, I'll ever get used to. It will never feel normal for me personally and the type of person I am that I know you guys are just starting to learn is I'll never be comfortable with a player getting carted off the field. Ever. It's... uh, something you never want to be a part of and when I put myself there it's this is what happens it's a it's not fun um I'm just really 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 glad that uh that he's um that I can hear normal Tua in his in his voice talked to him today and I I reiterated the same thing like because he was he was bringing up to me Man, I just hope I don't miss X, Y, or Z game. And I was like, Tua, let's stop this right now. Don't even think about a game. Let's just think about doing everything um, the the right way to to listen, to get you know opinions that you need, and let's worry about you and your head and being a healthy human being through it and then we'll worry about you know playing football later but I don't want to have that conversation right now it's I didn't really give him that option
You can't deny the care in Mike McDaniel's voice as we bring in Field Yates and our injury analyst, Stefania Bell. Field, I'll let you two take it away to give some more clarity on this story. Yeah, Laura, thank you. Certainly great to have Stefania's perspective here. Stefania, let's begin with what you saw last night. What did you see on that field? A situation and a scene that looks so scary to people like myself. Oh, it's scary to everyone, including yeah. medical personnel. You never get used to it. Look, we saw to his head hit the ground and that involuntary response of the arms going towards the face, that rigid posturing, which is indicative of a significant concussive event. Medical personnel brings out the spine board, the stretcher. They're evaluating him, transporting him carefully to protect the spine, goes to the hospital to undergo further testing. They can do imaging there, x-ray CAT scan to determine whether he needs an extended stay or can travel home. Clearly, they made the determination he could travel home, and he goes back to Miami with his teammates to follow up. That incident was scary when isolated. It's even scarier when it comes just four days after a play against the Bills this past Sunday where it again looked like Tua hit his head hard against the ground after a hit from Bills linebacker Matt Milano in the NFL and the NFLPA has launched an investigation into that situation. He returned to the game. Again, those of us who are non-medical professionals were surprised to see him back on the field so quickly on Sunday. What more can you add in terms of the investigation and the why behind Tua being back on the field on Sunday and it seemingly being no issue going into last night? So the review process will begin this afternoon, initiated by the NFLPA, conducted by the NFL and NFLPA jointly, and they'll talk to all the personnel involved, whether that's the medical personnel who tended to Tua, the player himself, the unaffiliated neurotrauma consultants who are present, one in the booth, one on the sideline, the athletic training spotters in the booth, the referee. I mean, the, the entire gamut of folks who participated in this, and also everything's documented from the evaluation. Now, what I can tell you is when a player goes down like Tua did last Sunday, yep. and they, he exhibits signs that are suggestive of a head injury, as we saw with the stumbling, that immediately triggers that concussion protocol. They need to go through the evaluation. Medical personnel takes them off the field. Normally, the first step is a move to the sideline, the medical blue tent for an initial screen. But if they suspect that it could be more serious, you see in this graphic, they go to the locker room and do the complete neurological exam. So there is a whole range of balance testing, uh, motor evaluations, and also subjective evaluation of the player, talking to him, trying to orient him to time and space, seeing if he remembers the last plays, things like that. The NFL SCAT you saw in that graphic is a standardized concussion assessment test kind of skewed towards the NFL players. If you go through all those steps, they put it together with the player that they know, how he's reacting, the video that they saw, and then they make a determination about whether they believe it's safe for him to return to play. It's very dangerous for those on the outside to speculate on matters, especially such serious health matters as a potential concussion. But as a fan watching the game last night, there has been a perpetual theme, it feels like, of some gray area as it pertains to both concussion reporting and also how the NFL and players deal with concussions once they are suffered or not suffered during the game. Why does there seem to be so much gray area in this matter? because that is the nature of concussion. I had someone say to me, concussions are like the black hole in medicine. And it's not just NFL science, it's medicine in general. It is the one injury where we don't have a definitive diagnostic tool. You tear an ACL, you can see that on an MRI. You break a bone, you can see that on an X-ray. Imaging does not show a concussion. It's a neurophysiologic electrical event. So you are using signs and symptoms. Signs are things that you see. Symptoms are reports from the player. And you're trying to put it together 
and ultimately comes down to a judgment of the personnel who are conducting the evaluation. Well, there's no doubt that this story and the potential fallout from what took place last night will continue to dominate headlines in the NFL. For now, Laura, we're happy to hear that Tua is improving, but we'll continue to keep him and all those impacted by last night in our minds. Absolutely. Really important context added there by Stefania. Just some of the murkiness here. A lot of people want to jump to conclusions, but we don't have all the details with how all of this is worked through. And today, Ravens head coach John Harbaugh had an interesting response when asked about Tua's injuries. Listen to this. I couldn't believe what I saw last night. I couldn't believe what I saw last Sunday. You know, it was just something that was astonishing to see. I've been coaching for 40 years now in college and the NFL, almost 40. And uh, I've never seen anything like it before. And it just was really something that, uh, you know, I just couldn't believe what I was seeing. Honestly, I think a lot of us felt that way watching it happen live as we bring in our Friday crew, Ryan Clark, Mina Kimes, Marcus Spears. Mina, I start with you. What did you think about what Harbaugh said there? Well, I'll start by saying it's pretty unusual to hear an NFL coach be that critical publicly. I think it speaks to the severity of the situation and also, as you said, Laura, to a sentiment that a lot of us felt not just last night, but on Sunday watching Tua display the symptoms that we have been told are associated with concussions, the staggering, uh, grabbing his head and then go back into the game in retrospect, I regret not being more skeptical on Monday when we talked about it, um, especially because even if the investigation happens and they find that the Dolphins followed all of the rules and protocols, that doesn't mean Tua wasn't failed. As Stefania laid out, these tests are not perfect. It's not a binary yes or no. And at a certain point, common sense has to prevail, especially um, on a short week like this. So. My feeling is even if the rules were followed, the rules need to be stronger because what we've seen this week, both Sunday and Thursday, cannot happen again. It's crazy to hear John Harbaugh say he never saw anything like that because he was the head coach of the Baltimore Ravens in 2009 AFC Championship when I hit Willis McGahee. Uh, I was on the ground. Willis McGahee's hands were in much like the posture of Tua Tungvaloa Last night, Willis McGahee's face mask was taken off of his helmet. He was put on a cart and he was carted off. And so to have a coach who was actually there for that play, right, and for that moment in time, to say what he said about Tua Tungvaloa lets you know the outside perception of what we got to see, lets you know the severity of it. And later on in my career, after I'd suffered some concussions, I can remember weeks on concussion protocol when I wasn't cleared until Friday. And we're talking about a game on Thursday after Tua, whether it was his back, whether he was cleared, obviously he was cleared. No matter what you saw, we all saw what it looked like when he stumbled toward the line. And there's a clip circulating of the pivot of when we had on Mike Tomlin. And I remember that week when I was trying to go back to Denver and play and I'd assembled all of these doctors and my wife is sitting next to me and we're having all of these conversations, why it's okay for me to go to Denver. And he said to me probably about five minutes through, he was like, shut up, you're not playing. If you were my son, you wouldn't be doing it. And now we've learned so much more about CTE, so much more about concussions and head injuries, and that we do understand there are independent arbitrators or doctors that make the decision to put these guys on the field. I think we're going to have to take the next step, which is going to be common sense. 
And part of common sense is going to have to be empathy. Part of common sense is going to have to be us understanding that one game or two games isn't worth the health for the rest of some of these players' lives. And don't get me wrong. I am all for players wanting to play. He should want to play. He should want to be out there because that's exactly what I would do, and that's exactly what I'd want my quarterback, a friend, or any player that believes they want to win a championship with me to do. That's why we need people to stop us from doing it. And what we saw with Tua Tungvaloa is on us. It's on the Miami Dolphins. It's on the doctors that had to see him back to the field because we should have been more outraged Monday. I shouldn't have made jokes about his back. I should have said, you know what? I know what that looks like. I know what it is. And as somebody who's had two concussions in three weeks, I know what it feels like when you get the second one. So for Tua Tungvaloa and his health and his family, I pray that they take the time to make sure that he's all cleared before stepping out on the field. Yeah, I think that's the point that you and Mina just made, RC, common sense. And listen, I'm this whole narrative about don't be speculative, you ain't a doctor, I know what the hell I saw. I saw him shaking his head, I saw him almost stumble and fall, and to me, that's a sign not to go back in a football game. I don't care what the test said. I don't care if he cleared concussion protocol. What we saw after he got hit Sunday in the Buffalo Bills game should have eliminated Tua from going back into the football game, and it should have eliminated him four or five days later. I don't need to be a doctor to see that because if I saw my son get get hit and shake his head and almost fall down not because of his back he would not have played four days later so I'm glad y'all said that and we can continue to talk about what the doctors are and what the investigation is going to show yes. the four the three of you sitting up here Dan Orlowski anybody on this show if you fall when we on the road or we remote working a show and you are dazed, and you can't come to, and I see you struggling, you will not do the show. You just won't do it. So I, I, I get what we talk about with protocol, and Stefania is so poignant in giving us that type of information and the things that need to transpire in order to, in, in, in order to have these guys cleared or further learn information. I know concussions are hard to diagnose. I know what's not hard to diagnose when he fell and shook his head and almost fell again. That wasn't hard to diagnose because it was on national TV for everybody to see. That's where I'm at with it. And, and to y'all point, man, we just have to not be desensitized to yep. when we see something like that happen right. and just take the word of a team or take the word of somebody that's talking about it and at least call attention to it. So just like you both just did, which is which is in the lane of respect, I take responsibility also because we are in the media and we are on the show that talks about the NFL and our job yeah. five days a week. And we should have called this to a head a little bit more than we did last week. Yeah. Guys, there was something that Mike McDaniel said in his press conference today that really stuck out to me about Tua Tungavailoa saying, I really just hope I don't miss this game and that game. And I think it's a really good and important piece of information in looking at the true happenings of all this. The context, the situation for Tua is important. He feels he needs to prove something to his team and to RC's point and what all of you have said here today. That's where people, if at all possible, and when common sense should be paramount, should step in and help a player in that type of situation. A player who's competitive and wants to be out there with his team. I think we got a little peek into how this may have gone down from the player's perspective there 
by what McDaniel said. we got more coming your way here today on NFL Live, and we'll dive into all of the matchups left for week four as we carry on about a Super, 55, Super Bowl 55 rematch between the Bucks and Chiefs and find out why Mina says the Chiefs' key to success might not involve taking shots downfield. And the Eagles, the only undefeated team left, find out what it'll take for Trevor Lawrence and the Jags to pull off the upset. Why Marcus says it doesn't have anything to do with the quarterback. We'll be right back on an Live. What if in 2024 you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Try Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. It's designed by real people for real conversations. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. They have over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com tackle. Get 60% off at babbel.com tackle. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash tackle. Rules and restrictions may apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We're back on NFL Live. Here's the Sunday slate for week four. Lots of great ones. So, Marcus, kick us off with one thing you're looking forward to watching to, uh, on Sunday. Oh, my matchup is absolutely Derek Carr and this offense that we've talked about. Josh McDaniels is on notice about getting this offense going. How do you get Devontae involved? How you how do you build a better rapport with this offense? Who we all was, thought was going to be very explosive. Getting Hunter Renfro involved with the matchups uh, detailed at. Raiders, I'm watching. Hey, Washington, guess what y'all don't want after giving up nine sacks to the Philadelphia Eagles to see the Cowboys? You don't want to see the team that's second in pressure, that's number one in sacks, and that stays getting after the quarterback's keister. This is a defensive line that has pressure from single guys, and they can also bring pressure from the second level with their defensive backs, especially using their safeties. And if you're the Washington Commanders, you know you have to fix this leak, and the one thing that the Cowboys defense wants to do is break the whole damn down. So one of the pleasant surprises of the season so far for me personally has been this Atlanta Falcons offense, which has been surprisingly efficient and dynamic given that I don't think people had high expectations from Marcus Mariota and the crew coming into this season, uh, but they have been excellent running the ball. Cordero Patterson looks as incredible as he did last season. Drake London, the rookie, gives him that big body receiver threat. And if I'm Cleveland, I would not look past them, especially if Miles Garrett doesn't play. 
here's what I've got my eye on, guys. Doug Peterson, now the Jaguars head coach, making his return to Philly for the first time. The Eagles, six-and-a-half-point favorites at home. We think he's going to stop by and see his statue out front. I'm, sorry, I'm sure he's seen it before, but still. All right, Doug Peterson had this to say on the Eagles' current quarterback, Jalen Hurts. Everything has been thrown at him adversity-wise, and he's overcome it. I think for him, being in, you know, again, having stability around the quarterback, stability around the team, talking about the coaching staff, you know, they've added talent around him, and, you know, he's using that. And, of course, he's an, he's an athletic guy himself. He's hard to bring down, um, just doing the things that we all thought he could do. It's no surprise that Doug Peterson's been impressed with the play of Jalen Hurts. This season, he's increased his total QBR by 20 points when comparing it to last season. That's the fourth largest jump in the NFL. And the quarterback with the largest jump would actually be Peterson's current signal caller, Trevor Lawrence, as you see there, who's increased his QBR by 32 points. Lawrence has gone from ranking 28th in the league last season to 7th this season in QBR. So, Mina, what's the key for Lawrence to continue to have success against this Eagles defense? this week. Yeah, and Eagles defense that, our, as RC alluded to, we just saw absolutely tormenting Carson Wentz up front. It's a big <laughs> challenge for any offense. Um, but for me, for Trevor, it starts with what we've seen him from him so far this season, which is that lightning quick release against the Chargers. He got that ball out in 2.4 seconds on average and did a great job of negating their blitz that way. I think it has to continue against this Eagles defense that is so good rushing the passer. But that said, as you see here, this Eagles defense is also good against offenses that use a quick passing game. There really are no easy answers, but for me, Laura, it just starts with keeping Trevor Lawrence on his feet, and that starts with him getting that ball out quick. That part, Mina, you are absolutely right. But it's also, we can turn to James Robinson, this offensive line, and Travis Etienne. That's one of the unsung things that people haven't been talking about because Trevor Lawrence is playing so good and this offense is moving so well. But this run game now is physical and it's detailed and it's hard to defend because of all of the moving parts. They use gap scheme, they use zone scheme. They have two diverse running backs that bring different things to the table. Even what I would consider extended handoff, screen game with Travis Etienne, getting it in his hands quick. Doug Peterson has done a phenomenal job kind of revamping and retooling this run game as well and then identifying that you do have a physical offensive line. You're going to have to use that this week because this defensive line, to your point, MK, is physical. They can get after the passer, and you got to change looks up for them and not let them pin their ears back. So that run game is going to be vital. Yeah, RC, to that end, I mean, you think about the physicality in the trenches. That <laughs> seems to be a huge factor in this one. But how does this Jags defense try to slow down Jalen Hurts, who's frankly been on fire this season? Well, I mean, the first thing is we have to make this team one-dimensional. We continue to talk about what Jalen Hurts is doing in the passing game, but this run game is truly what sets it up. And so when you look at the young linebacking core of the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Luakon, Lloyd, also Walker in the back end, they have to make plays on that second level. And Josh Allen has to lead this defensive line and get to the run game. That's both the running backs and Jalen Hurts. Now try to make them one-dimensional. And in making them one-dimensional, you have to force the football to be thrown in front of you. 
What we've seen from A.J. Brown, what we've seen from Quez Watkins, and then especially last week from Devontae Smith is the explosive plays. And if you have to stop everything, you can't stop nothing. And so if you are so concerned on the back end, oh, I got to stop the pass, and they running it down your throat, guess what? You can't win that way. And then if you're so concerned, okay, we got to put eight in the box, and now you're going to leave these animals on the outside locked up against your young DBs, they're going to get torched too. So it's a problem. You got to stop something, and I think for this team, with the way that they're built in the front seven, go stop the run first, make Jalen Hurts one-dimensional, and then try to play everything top-down. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I know. It's like, (laughs) how's there any other way to look at this? That's probably why every single one of us has picked the Eagles in this one, which, you know, listen, if you're a Jaguars fan, you should be excited about that, considering the NFL live curse, but we're just following our brains here. Uh, The Eagles seeking their first 4-0 start since 2004. By the way, they went to the Super Bowl that season. All right, we got more coming your way today on NFL Live. The Buccaneers wide receivers have been banged up this season, but next, find out why Marcus has more questions about the Chiefs receivers and if anyone will emerge as a threat, that is all coming your way. Limelight is brought to you by Corona Extra. Find the fine life. Live la vida mas fina. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. You're watching NFL Live now, and as you see there, the devastation of Hurricane Ian has been horrific in the state of Florida. More than 21 are dead as the growing storm is about to make its second landfall in South Carolina, already doing that. We're thinking of everyone dealing with the destruction of this storm. Tom Brady had this to say about playing the game on Sunday after all of this horrible devastation. I always feel like sports has brought people together over a long period of time, watching different adversities, whether it was 9-11, whether that was Katrina. Sports has an amazing way of healing wounds and bringing people together and bringing communities together and stuff to cheer for and a common interest and a common goods. I think anytime you can participate in things like that, it's a great feeling. I know it means a lot for us to have the opportunity to go out and play for our fans always. But, you know, after what so many people have gone through in the state, you know, it's, it's great to go out there and give them something to cheer about. 
Well said by Tom Brady. Yeah. And again, our thoughts and prayers going out to everyone dealing with the massive destruction by Hurricane Ian now. On the news side of this field, as we turn our attention toward this game on Sunday, the Bucks do get Mike Evans back from suspension. Where are they with all the other injuries to their wide receivers? Yeah, much better place than where they were last week when it was a skeleton of their normal offense on the field. So we have Chris Goblin and Julio Jones, both listed as questionable. Both will be game-time decisions to play on Sunday night, but it sounds like in the case of Jones, there's a pretty good shot. We'll see on Godwin. The other thing to keep in mind here, Laura, is that even if Chris Godwin does play on Sunday night, whether he plays a full complement of snaps remains to be seen. That hamstring injury suffered in week one after he made that impressive comeback from the torn ACL. Donovan Smith, left tackle, also questionable. Could have him back in the lineup, which would be huge after all the pressure the Bucks offense has recently endured. Yeah, so RC getting some help back for this Bucks offense. Mike Evans coming back and maybe some others, as you just heard field detail there. Does that really change Tampa Bay's offense, though? You know what? I don't necessarily believe it changes them. I think they have a way they want to play football this year, and that's going to be led by the run and Leonard Fournette and obviously playing exceptional defense, which they have done the first three week, weeks of the season. And now, you know you get the deep shots with Mike Evans. We saw what he was able to do in the red zone versus Trayvon Diggs and the Dallas Cowboys, but Leonard Fournette has been the driving force of this team. And it's not necessarily just giving him the ball because of the production. I think it's the style of play. It's the physicality that they want to show each and every week they step onto the field. When you get some of these other players back and they are truly healthy in a Chris Godwin, I think that's when we can see the offense explode from a passing game standpoint. It's still going to be Leonard Fournette first, protect Tom Brady by running the football, and then get in the play-action pass and take the shots when you have the opportunity. You know, Mina, the story for the Bucks all season long has been their defense, really, right? The offense hasn't really looked like yeah. what we've seen from Tom Brady in the past, but the defense has been dominant. So what does this Chiefs offense need to do to have success against them? Yeah, it's no easy task because I do believe Tampa has one of the best defenses in the NFL. But for me, it starts with what the Chiefs should not do, which is try to force the ball downfield if it's just not there. Um, NFL Next Gen Stats has this stat called open percentage, which is basically how many targets on a team are going to receivers with three yards of separation or more. The Chiefs rank second to last in the league right now, which feels wild to say about the Kansas City Chiefs, but I think really reflects uh, the absence of Tyreek Hill. My feeling is rather than waiting for those opportunities to, to open up, Patrick Mahomes needs to play small ball because those are the receivers they have right now. Just Travis Kelsey, of course, yeah. but also Juju Smith-Schuster, Sky, uh, Sky Moore. They need to be willing to work underneath if that's what defenses are giving them. MK, that's the point. They missed Tyreek Hill. Like, we can keep beating around the bush and start talking about, well, they'll be fine yeah. and they'll do it by committee. They miss him. They miss him because of what he dictates two defenses and what defenses must do. Do y'all remember when the Kansas City Chiefs played the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last year? What Tyreek Hill did in the first half of that football <laughs> yes, game? Sir. They yes, have to sir. have somebody. <laughs> yeah, they have to have somebody yeah. emerge to put pressure on these defenses. They have to have one of these receivers step up. I don't know who that's going to be. I don't think Juju is the top off of the defense. I think he's fine kind of in the same intermediate areas that Travis Kelsey is in. That was my concern coming into the season. Is Marquez Valdez-Scanlon going to be the guy to take the top off of the defense like everybody thought? Like if, you go if you're going to do it by committee, your guys in their roles have to be elite in their roles. And yeah. this really boils down to what you just said, MK. 
how much distance are you putting between yourself and the defender? They mm-hmm. literally yeah. ended a game last week against the Indianapolis Colts because it wasn't separation. Now, it was yeah. a bad throw by Patrick Mahomes, but the defender was still right on the trail of Juju Smith-Schuster. They got to yep. find one of these receivers to step up and legitimately be the Ain't number that. one guy for them. Go, Mina. And you know, I'm going to say the same thing that I'm always going to say about the Bucks, which is you do not want to be in third and long against this team. What's <laughs> <laughs> available right. to you underneath Patrick Mahomes yeah. on those early downs so that you can get yep. into third and short? Because the second they can get after it, you are in trouble. I love it. Uh, ESPN's Football Power Index, guys, favors the Buccaneers by four points. But odds makers currently have this game as a pick em. You see our game picks there on the screen. We're all on the, oh, no. we're all on the oh, Chiefs. No. Kansas City. No, I don't like what, this. What, what, what are we doing? Anyone want, hey, hey, anyone oh want to change their pick real fast? I'm, I'm changing mine. I'm going I'm with Tampa. Wow. Oh. <laughs> I'm going with Tampa. Me too. I go Tampa. All right. All right. All right. So change the, the graphic. They're going to screenshot it. <laughs> change the graphic. Hey, if you're screenshotting that graphic, oh, boom. Oh, look at this. Oh, they didn't change for Marcus, but that's okay. Wow, that's okay. Power. We know we know what you picked. All right, let's get, let's get Field social. back in here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> let's get Field back in here for some more injuries and some important updates. Start with the Saints, Field. Yeah, they play early Sunday morning in London, Laura. You'll be there for a game later on, actually next mm. month, technically. But uh, Jameis Winston, unlikely to play. He's now listed as doubtful. He's got a litany of injuries, back injury, ankle injuries, and bothering him of late. He will not likely be available for the Saints on Sunday morning, which leads to Andy Dalton taking over as a starter. Michael Thomas officially out as well, a foot injury. Hate to see that for Michael Thomas after coming back and played really well in the first two weeks of the season. Let's go to the Chargers, who have all sorts of injuries around their roster. But on offense, better news for Justin Herbert, who did practice in full on Thursday. He's going to be good to go on Sunday to play against the Houston Texans. Here's the bad news, though. Keenan Allen again out hamstring injury. He returned to practice this week. Seemed like he was trending in the right direction. Things turned on Thursday. He will be unavailable on Sunday. More of Josh Palmer out of the slot for the Chargers. Patriots will not have Mac Jones. Going to miss a game due to injury for the first time in his career. Ankle injury suffered last week against the Ravens. He did return to the practice in a very limited capacity today. He will not be available, which means Brian Hoyer steps in. As a starting quarterback on Sunday against the Green Bay Packers, Hoyer has some experience there, having previously been the starter for the Chicago Bears. And then finally, Christian McCaffrey missed Thursday's practice, also missed Wednesday's practice. It's a thigh injury. He's questionable to play on Sunday against the Arizona Cardinals. Matt Rules, I think, sort of suggested that she has a chance to play today. We'll keep an eye out on this one. As you know, Laura, when Christian McCaffrey is on the injury report, because of what happens over the past two years, everybody will be talking about it. Yeah, absolutely. Unfortunately, sort of the story that's followed him. Guys, we've got a whole lot more coming your way here today on NFL Live. Other shows are going to focus on Josh Allen versus Lamar in the Bills-Ravens matchup, but not here. I mean, we did do it earlier in the week. Anyway, we have questions on the other side of the ball with the Bills D-banged up and a shaky Ravens secondary. Stay tuned for info you can only get on NFL Live. We'll be right back. Tired of contestants and best in the winners. Kyle, your mom's so timeless that I got plenty to- Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Our week four Monday night football matchup is an NFC West rivalry game between the Rams and 49ers. 49ers looking for revenge in a rematch of last season's NFC championship game. 8 Eastern on ESPN, ESPN Deportes and the ESPN app. Peyton and Eli also back on ESPN2. Our coverage begins with Monday night countdown at 6. Back to a big slate of games Sunday for some DraftKings sportsbook predictions. RCU first. Who will have more passing yards, Derek Carr or Matt Ryan? You know what? I'm going with Matt Ryan, and I know, I know, Matt Ryan hasn't been great, but we watched him find some things that were consistent for him last week against the Kansas City Chiefs, and when you're watching Derek Carr in this offense, it still seems as if they're trying to find themselves in the passing game, which was really highlighted by some of the things Dan has showed the entire week. Matt Matt Ryan's kind of finding his way. We know they're going to have run game first into play action. Matt Ryan for more yards. Mina, which of these rookie receivers will have the most receptions on Sunday? Drake London, Garrett Wilson, or Chris Olave? Yeah, I'm going to go with Chris Olave, who's been incredibly productive thus far this season. I know he's probably going to be playing with Andy Dalton at quarterback. However, Mike Thomas is likely not going to play, and that opens up more opportunities for Olave. I'll also say I don't doubt Andy Dalton's ability to get him the ball. He's good at distributing to the parts where Olave works best. Marcus, which team will allow the least amount of points, Giants or Steelers? I'm going with the Giants because of what we know this Steelers <laughs> offense to be. If, it, if this was Kenny Pickett, this would not be the Giants, y'all. But I just don't see this offense getting going. I think the Giants coming off that Dallas game, I want to know what the status of Leonard Williams will be. That'll help tremendously in getting the run taken care of. But I believe it's the Giants because of the Steelers offense. Let's get back to our top story of the day, an unfortunate one to see Tua Tungavailoa go down with what was called a head and a neck injury in the game last night to begin week four. You see the injury again right there. Of course, this shortly after on Sunday of last week, he had suffered what appeared to be a head injury there. Let's bring in Jeff Darlington, who's there in Miami. Excuse me. We're going to go to Mike McDaniel first and hear what he had to say earlier today. I don't think I'll ever be comfortable. Um, I'll ever get used to. It will never feel normal for me personally and the type of person I am that I know you guys are just starting to learn is I'll never be comfortable with a player getting carted off the field, ever. It's... uh, something you never want to be a part of and when I put myself there it's this is what happens it's a it's not fun um I'm just really 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 glad that uh that he's um that I can hear normal Tua in his in his voice and and I know his teammates that have talked to him feel the same way 
So now we bring in Jeff, and you can hear the emotion in Mike McDaniel's voice, mm -hmm. Jeff Darlington. You were there today. You were there for the press conference. What are the Dolphins saying about how they're handling all of this now? Yeah, Laura, it's been a tough day at the Dolphins facility. I can tell you that the priority has been Tua Tungavailoa's health. And for that, McDaniel did say that Tua was undergoing uh, another MRI today after going through CT scans and x-rays last night in Cincinnati. Uh, he was anticipating those results at any point. He did note, though, that Tua has been in good spirits. Of course, that doesn't uh, mean that, that he has cleared any kind of concussion protocol at this point. Now, of course, the big question here is the handling of Sunday's injury uh, and how that led into this day. Uh, the Dolphins remain adamant. Mike McDaniel remains adamant that they did follow concussion protocol after that injury on Sunday that allowed Tungavailoa to go back onto the field. Now, this is something that the NFL and the NFLPA are currently looking into, but the NFL seemingly standing behind the Dolphins uh, today on Friday, NFL Chief Medical Officer Dr. Alan Sills saying that Tungavailoa was checked for concussion symptoms every day this week before an independent neurologist cleared him to take the field Thursday night. Uh, again, the NFLPA and the NFL still wants this inquiry to go forward. It's also important to point out, though, that the unaffiliated neurological consultant that did clear Tua to re-enter the game on Sunday is hired by the NFL and the NFLPA jointly. So it's not as if the question here is simply whether the Dolphins erred allowing Tua back on the field Thursday, but also the process and the protocols that are in place. So a lot still to unpack about this situation, something that probably won't see resolution for the coming weeks. Uh, the best thing I can tell you out of the Dolphins facility today, though, is at the very least Tua Tunga-Vailoa in good spirits after what was a very scary night in Cincinnati. Thanks so much, Jeff. And some really important pieces of information there as we bring everybody in here. Mina, you heard Jeff saying the, the guidelines there, the NFLPA, and then yeah. also the NFL hiring the independent investigator, the independent, excuse right. me, consultant to look at these concussions and to go through the protocol. So it's not as if the Dolphins or as if the NFL even themselves alone could hire these independent consultants. Also, I think another piece, Mina, that sticks out to me is that Tua Tungavailoa was checked for concussion symptoms through throughout this week, as you hear all yeah. of these details and try to put to all of it together, what comes to mind right now? I think what my first response is, um, even if the protocols were followed, even if the team did everything right, even if the investigation turns up nothing in terms of um, actually breaking the rules, it doesn't mean this is right. Uh, you know, Stefania laid it out at the beginning of the show. Testing for concussions is an incredibly gray area. It's not a binary yes or no. And at a certain point, um, I think we have to consider the possibility that those protocols, that the inclusion of the so-called unaffiliated doctor who also is affiliated with the NFL, as Jeff said, that it's not enough. Um, and I would also say this. Marcus talked a little bit about the beginning uh, about questioning the experts, or at least questioning uh, the people who were in charge of evaluating TUA, the process, all of it. And, you know, people saying, well, why would you question the NFL's process? It was less than 20 years ago that there was a massive scandal with the NFL involving cover-ups, inclusion, and conflicts of interest. And it kind of feels like, to me, so much time has passed that people have forgotten that. We should always 
be questioning this process. That doesn't mean necessarily that there's a conspiracy, but it's that questioning, that criticism, that skepticism that pushes things forward as it did in the past, in my opinion, should push them to be more strict when it comes to things like this in the future. Mina, that's a fair point, and I, I absolutely agree with you on that. And and two, let me like as far as going forward, whether it's an investigation or pushing this process forward, here's what I do know, right? And and it may get a visceral reaction from people, but people that I know within the NFL, a lot of former players, they actually care about this. So it's not like everybody walking around the building saying, Oh, this was a concussion, yeah. it wasn't a concussion. We gonna err on the side of caution. This is a lot of people within that building in New York that absolutely cares about this because they're watching former players deal with what we're trying to prevent the current players from dealing with when it comes to CTE and brain injuries and the information that has been dispersed. But Mina, your point is so fair because we do have to stay intentional about it. And that's why I think the desensitization of it is why I pointed that out. We just can't get used to it. We can't let it be something that we think oh, this is just one of those things that happen in football. Let's move on when they say a guy's okay. Well, the biggest thing about that, we actually have to relearn everything we know. And I'm speaking of me yeah. first. Yeah. This is how I was raised. This is what I was brought up on. I was brought up on that yeah. if you are hurt and you recover and you can get back out on the field, then you do. That was the reason the independent doctor was brought in. That was the reason the NFL and the NFLPA have now taken control of this situation, of these protocols, is because they know someone outside of having a vested interest in wins and losses needs to make this decision. Whenever you let me make the decision, if I can walk out there, I'm going to try to play. Most coaches, if they feel you can walk out there and you're going to help them win, they are going to let you play. That's the job of the protocol. And in this case, maybe they were all followed. And even if they were, that will never get the last two depictions or the last two pictures of injuries I have of Tua Tungvaluwa. Jogging back to the line of scrimmage and almost falling. Laying on the ground, not being able to control his arms or his fingers. That's what I know. The common sense in me says that that's not right. Yeah, when you see those visuals, it's hard to ignore, even going back to, to your point, last week, and then, of course, the lead-up into this game on short rest. Either way, I think what continues to come out here, and Stefania said this off the top, is that concussions in medicine in general are still so murky. There's still not a ton of answers, but as you guys keep saying, common sense. Let it prevail. Let it protect these players, and let's try to do everything we can to make sure that this doesn't happen again. We'll continue to keep Tua in our thoughts as we gather more information. And we carry on here on NFL Live as we turn our attention to the Bills and the Ravens. So much around this has to do with the quarterbacks, but you see it there on the screen defense. We're diving into that next with both of these sides and we'll tell you exactly how you should look at that side of the ball when we return. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL and this week new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets if your team download the app and use code NFL Live when you sign up. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, 
S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Time for smart lineup decisions provided by IBM Watson. The Bills and Josh Allen looks like a great play for your fantasy team this week as he faces the Ravens. Even his lowest projected score leads all quarterbacks this week. And, of course, he's going to have to go up against a Ravens defense. But either way, these two quarterbacks in this game, my goodness, they're setting records with the way that they're throwing and running. So, Marcus, when you think about this one, RC, you okay down there? Uh, when you think about this one, what's the key to the game? <laughs> we lost him. We'll get him back. Don't do anything crazy, RC. I know you can't hear me. I think he's asleep. Uh, and Marcus, what is the key Listen, in this Bills Ravens game for you? I'm text him. This the fun. This the funniest show on TV, by the way. We have the absolute <laughs> I'm gonna text him. Talk television show. Let's text TV. him right now. Here's the deal. The, this is what the Ravens need to do. The Ravens got to stop explosive plays. And I know everybody was excited about what they did against the New England Patriots late in that game with the turnovers. But the Patriots was having success offensively. And we don't think the Patriots offense is good. OK, now you got Josh Allen and company coming in. I'm sure Stefan is very hungry after his performance against Miami of not having the impact that he usually has on that game. This, to me, is about giving up explosive plays for the Baltimore Ravens. We saw them struggle last year against an attack with the Cincinnati Bengals, and we know what the injury situation was, and they're a little bit banged up back there uh, this game. You got to make the Buffalo Bills go the long, hard way. And if you don't, and you let Josh Allen start seeing those throws after throws after throws for 20 and, and, and 30 yards at a pop, you are going to be in trouble, and the game will be over before it gets started. So they got to eliminate those plays. RC, are you back? There yeah, he is. Wait, I couldn't hear anything. Somebody was dialing numbers in my ear, and the phone was ringing. I thought I was calling all, MK so we could we hang out in LA. We all blew him up. My like, RC, you're on. Oh, Go I'm ahead. Back. What you think about the game? I, I mean, it's going to be great. He's great players playing. All kind of stuff is going to happen. That's awesome. Now, hey, listen, I'm excited to see what this Raven defense does to stop the Bills. When you look at what they've done in the secondary, this is the most unraven secondary we've seen that actually had its star players. It looks much like last year's team. And so, for me, I wish I could have been here more for the segment. I can't wait to see the game. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that secondary can't get caught sleeping like our, our guy RC here. Uh, I would say this. They need to generate a more of a pass rush than we've seen in the last few weeks. If that takes blitzing, whatever it takes. Hey, we're all on the bills, by the way. We'll see you next week on NFL Live.